Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and joining me, as always, on Monday is Jason Cameron. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Uh, good. Good. It, it, it was hot out there today. It was hot, and it was hot working outside. It was just hot. <laughs> but it was good, though, because it was just such a nice day. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We've been pretty lucky. Uh, not the greatest weather uh, over the weekend, but, uh, yeah, today has been spectacular. And, uh, yeah, the su- summer's been good. Uh, a lot of people are hoping for rain for all those forest fires that are happening in the interior here. But, um, yeah, we've we've been lucky here. We're, the air quality hasn't been bad. I I remember a couple summers ago, uh, just smoke haze was here so much. I I was expecting that because all these fires, but so far we've been uh, able to avoid that. Yeah, that's been nice. I I guess the smoke and haze is just staying where the forest fires are and it's not being blown down here. So sorry, people having the forest fires, but good for us. Good (laughs) for us, No, no smog. So yeah, and also too, hopefully we have more rain to like stop those forest fires. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good. yeah, that would be nice for those people. It's got to be uh, so worrisome to you know have these evacuation alerts, and uh, you know there there was so many evacuation alerts over the years, and then when Fort McMurray burned to the ground, then it was like, oh man, like this actually can come right into the city and wipe out a city, and then Lytton this year, just boom, uh, that whole entire city was just gone, and the. They plan to build it up, but uh, it's going to take a few years to, you know, revitalize that place and get it going again. But man, I, it's crazy how often now it's uh, you know, leading to these evacuation alerts and cr- crouching right upon these cities. Yeah, and they say climate change isn't a thing, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yes, we we definitely have to take these forest fires more seriously, and we have to have like um, uh, plans in place for the eventualities of these things happening to our cities yeah yeah we sure do yeah well we had a uh, great weekend in sports as always um the nba is uh, poised to crown a champion uh after phoenix went up two nothing in this series a lot of people started saying well um it's the sun's year they're finally gonna uh win a title and uh close this drought that they've had and and uh, then it goes back to Milwaukee, and the Bucks really uh, played incredible on their home court, as they have the whole year. But uh, once it came back for Game 5, and, and Phoenix was um, unable to uh, capture that lead, keep that lead, and, and hold Milwaukee off, uh, the Bucks are poised to win the fi- first title in 50 years. Uh, I, I want to talk about that after the UFC talk, but uh, just... Your thoughts as uh, Milwaukee has now become the the favorite to win this? First off, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting that. I I honestly thought Phoenix would hold serve at home and win that game. And they had a chance. They had a chance right at the end of the game. But Drew Holiday came up with that amazing steal, an amazing end sequence to literally solidify and end the game. So, yeah. uh that's off to the Bucks, man. But now the Suns have a very they 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 got they got a tough tough uh, road ahead of them to try to get that win on the road against the Bucks at home. Yeah, for them yeah. for the Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix is um, in tough. Uh, Milwaukee's been nine and one at home this year. They've got all the advantages now. They've 
proved before uh, they went down 0-2 to Brooklyn and they were able to win four straight. Um, yeah, it's sure looking like it's Milwaukee's to lose now. Uh, I'm not counting Phoenix out. Uh, I'd love a game seven, but um, I guess uh, we'll see. But let's talk about that in a few minutes. Let's um, touch base on the UFC and uh, all the events that happened on Saturday at the Apex. Uh, we had a great uh, main event between Islam Makachev and Tiago Moises. Um, Makachev is just so tough. Uh, such a, an incredible fighter. And he was able to finally get a uh, rear naked choke and sink that in and get the victory. Uh, what did you think about him uh, on Saturday? I just thought that Moises must have been like, this guy is too good because he's beating me at my own game. Yeah. Like, Moises' game is grappling. And he got dominated in that. Yeah. And you could just tell that Makachev Islam was just literally round by round breaking him down. Getting him to hold, like to hang on, getting him to hold his weight, and even when it came to the stand up, I thought personally that Islam was still even getting the better of him on his on his feet because yeah. he looked fantastic on his feet. His counters looked crisp. He was catching him with check hooks and stuff. Like he he looked like he dominated that man in every aspect of that fight. And yeah. then by the time it got to the third and fourth rounds, Moises was spent. Yeah. You could tell he was a beaten fighter and that he really had, there was no plan A, there was no plan B, there was no plan C because he went through all of them and none of them worked. Yeah. None of them worked because he, he was just literally getting beaten in every aspect of mixed martial arts in that yeah. particular fight. So Yeah, yeah, he sure was, every facet of the game. And uh, there's been a lot of talk that uh, Makachev is, is great. Uh, we've seen... Good performances by him, but I think he's reached another level now. Uh, they say he's the next Khabib, a uh, guy from Dagestan, obviously with similar um, qualities. But, uh, yeah, he's just 20-1 uh, and one now. He just uh, really, yeah, seems poised to reach the upper echelon of the division. He, uh, yeah, he got really uh, good on some of the call-outs. He called out um, RDA, Rafael de Sanos. And then Michael Chandler as well, he called out. And Michael Chandler was one of the analysts on the desk, so that was kind of cool. He called him out right away. Chandler was able to respond to it. Uh, he didn't say, sure, I I'd fight him right now, but uh, uh, he said, yeah, I'll take on everybody. I'm going to be the champ. And he was pretty uh, confident of himself. And uh, I think, uh, look out, uh, most of these guys in this division, uh, he's going to be a tough customer to handle. Yeah, yeah, man. I, 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 first off, I wanted to say I loved his call out of RDA. I, I think that's a fight that uh, the UFC might make. I think that not, not might make, they should make. Mm -hmm. Because I thought that was an excellent call out right away. Because then if he gets that guy, that solidifies it. Because yeah. RDA is, is an iconic figure within the UFC. And then for Michael Chandler, I don't know if that fight will necessarily happen because I think Chandler's looking at trying to stay in the top five. So yeah. he'll fight a top five guy, not go down and fight another guy like that. That's why he didn't necessarily say, oh, yeah, Islam, you bet. That's dude. No, man. Like, he's, he's looking at keeping his position and staying relevant within the division. So. Yeah. 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 So uh, that was, um, yeah, that was a hell of a main event. Uh, great to see a guy that's um, right at the top there uh, be so dominant and, uh, yeah, take the big victory. 
the uh, co-main event uh, had a, um, a girl coming back from retirement and a girl heading into retirement. Uh, uh, we never thought we'd see Misha Tate again. She's been out of the game for four years and it seemed like uh, she had moved on with her life into uh, something else. But uh, yeah, the USC beckoned, called her back and she fought uh, Marion Renault, uh, 44 years old, uh, decided that this would be her last fight. And um, yeah, uh, Misha Tate uh, took her out. That was the first time Marion Renault has ever been stopped in her uh, mixed martial arts career. Uh, it was great to see um, somebody uh, coming back and somebody retiring. Uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I was worried that Misha Tate would show some rust. Yeah. Well, she didn't really show any rust. <laughs> she looked she looked absolutely fantastic in there. Mm. Um, she really did in all aspects. Her stand-up looked good. Actually, her stand-up looked better than it has been in, I guess I could say, years. So it's looked better than I've seen in years. Yeah. She, looked, she looked really, really good. Yeah. And uh, she 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 took her opportunities to take Renault down when she could to make the t takedowns easier. Like whenever Renault was shooting in, that was when uh, Misha Tate would shoot in for the takedown. Mm -hmm. And she was very effective in keeping her down as well. Mm -hmm. And eventually wore her down, round her down, and then by the round three, flattened her out and grounded pounded her to the finish. It yeah. was an excellent win by Misha Tate. An excellent win. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, great takedowns. Um, yeah, and, and as you said, uh, she was able to finally uh, ground and pound, and Mark Smith came in and stopped it. Uh, she actually passed Amanda Nunes for the most wins in bantamweight history there. Uh, former uh, UFC and Strikeforce champion. A legend in the sport, one of the original uh, girls that um, yeah Dana White uh, allowed to you know start fighting, and uh, great to see her back. Um, yeah, she looked phenomenal. Uh, one of the best uh, I've ever seen her, and uh, I, I'm sure she's been in the gym ever since her retirement. Uh, you know, people like that usually don't just walk away and and sit on the couch. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Her her skills looked great. I don't know how long she uh, had known that she was coming back from retirement, but. Um, yeah, look out. Uh, you know, I think she's going to be gunning for uh, some really top contenders in this division. Yeah, yeah. Like she said in her post-fight interview, she didn't come to just like play around. She's, going, she's gunning for a, a shot at the title, yeah. which is good. It's good to see that she's hungry for that. And also, too, I wanted to say she looked physically bigger than yeah. I've seen in a while. Like she's clearly been working on her strength and conditioning, clearly. Yeah. Like that was that was pretty clear to me throughout the course of that fight, and uh, again she looked fantastic. I look forward to seeing more Misha Tate uh, in the future. Yeah, uh, seventeen hundred nine days uh, between fights. Uh, she fought last at UFC two hundred five in New York City, October twenty sixteen. So uh, the only other layoff that I can remember that long, somebody coming back and doing so well is. George St. Pierre uh, took the belt from Michael Bisping, and uh, it, it gave me some uh, memories of that. And uh, it's it's got to be tough to, uh, yeah, get back in there. You you know you, you said she was going to be rusty. I think everybody figured she was, but I didn't see much at all. And um, yeah, I think uh, you know this is great. Uh, we've got a new contender back in the division, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be great to see what she can do, how she's going to shake up the division. And just to see just how far she can go, you know, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I really am. 
Okay, and the uh, lightweight tilt between Mateus Gamrot and Jeremy Little Heathen Stevens uh, didn't last long. It was uh, a quick one. Uh, Gamrot was uh, super incredible with his uh, takedown. Then he got a Kimura, uh, forced Stevens to tap uh, just a minute, a little over a minute into that round. And uh, yeah, Gamrot got 50K for that performance. Um, yeah, not much to talk about. Obviously, just bam, here it was. He was in there and out. Yeah, no, it, uh, first off, perfect takedown. And basically a perfect takedown into the Kimura. Yeah. And so he'd already set that up. And Stevens knew that he was, oh, I've had a lot of trouble. I've had a lot of trouble. And then once he managed to get the Kimura out and started reaping on it, it was all she wrote, man. Like, yeah. if you don't tap, there goes your shoulder. And then there goes you fighting for it many 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 months so stevens did the right thing didn't go out on the shield tapped right away and gamrock up yeah uh jeremy one of the uh busiest fighters in usc history uh he actually uh, had 34 fights in the ufc uh only a couple other guys have more uh jim miller has 37 uh, Jim Miller and Cowboy Cerrone have 37, Arlovsky has 35, and Stevens has 34 fights, uh, one ahead of Damian Maia with 33. So uh, super experienced, but uh, yeah, once the takedown happened, uh, he was already in a compromised position, and uh, he wasn't able to utilize his um, long veteran experience to get out of it. Uh, Gamrot's, uh, yeah, took that arm and just put it behind him. There's no way he could stop from tapping, or he was in serious, serious trouble. Yeah, serious trouble. So, and it was just an excellent win by Gamrod. I think that pushed his record to 21 or something like that. So, yeah. and uh, now Gamrod, they, they got to be, he's got to be looking at a top 10 guy. Yeah. He's got to be looking at a top 10 guy for his next fight. Like, because uh, yeah. like, he's been excellent for so long now that he, he deserves a top 10 guy. At this point, so. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. He's 19 and one. Gamrod is uh, right now. So, Okay, uh, let's talk about this. Um, uh, Dustin Stoltzfus and Rodolfo Vieira uh, ended up in a, a submission win for Vieira. A uh, minute and a half into the third round. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, really tough guys back and forth. Uh, a lot of submission attempts. Uh, a few takedowns, but um, uh, Vieira ended up getting the victory here. Yes, Vieira ended up getting the victory, but the one thing that I was looking at was to, to make sure it was Vieira going to conserve himself so that he had something left in the in those end, like mm -hmm. the second, third rounds near the end there, because yeah. he has been known to gas, and right. he knows that he's known to gas yeah. because he's a big man with a lot of muscle. So I thought he did a very good job of pacing himself throughout the course of this fight. I thought he did a very good job of that. Uh, to the point that he still had enough left in the tank to basically in the third round and that sequence of how he backpacked, jumped on Stoltzfus as a backpack, just how quickly he did that and how quickly he sunk in the rear naked choke yeah. on for Stoltzfus standing in the standing position and then took him down to the ground. That was as high level as it gets. It was incredibly high level and it was incredibly quick. It only took him like a second to literally cinch that in lock it up and take him up yeah no that was incredible just so fast on his back boom uh sunk it in and and that was it um yeah they just 
Uh, as he was falling, he was choking him out. He had to tap uh, Herb Dean had to come in and stop it. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, Michael Bisping make a, made a comment there that said, you know, Vieira is just, there's no excuse for lack of cardio problems. You just get out there, wake up early and run. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's true, Michael. I think I should be doing that too. And then about, about five minutes later, uh, Bisping said, you know, old guys like me, can't barely walk because my knees are shot from running so much. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, now I remember why I don't run all the time. Uh, shoot your knees out. So I was like, I was putting my running gear on and then I took it back off and said, ah, nah, <laughs> Bisping's right the second time, not the first time. But but yeah, no, it's good to see Vieira uh, have more of a gas tank. And uh, yeah, he, he definitely needed it. In this one but um, yeah what a slick 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 submission so fast incredible how he could just jump on the back and sink it in and take him down boom it was over it was um, yeah I, I'm that's a fight I'm not gonna forget for a really long time great one no it was a great fight it was a great fight and Stoltzfus was a good opponent but eventually Vieira with his uh, expertise and experience and then just his grappling experience on the mat because he's one of the best jiu-jitsu guys in the ufc yeah sure so with all of that being said once he saw his opportunity he jumped all over it and then oops, that was all she wrote yeah uh okay the uh, the fight that kicked off the main card was a featherweight battle between billy corintio and gabriel benitez it got fight of the night they both got 50k extra for their efforts and uh man it was my favorite favorite fight of the night for sure uh, Quarantino had some huge kicks early and cracked him. Uh, had Benitez down, huge knockdown, lots of ground and pound, but um, he was able to weather the storm on his back. Lots of triangle chokes, lots of chokes, or lots of uh, rear naked chokes, lots of attempts to that. But um, man, uh, Quarantino was just landing so many shots. I think personal best on significant strikes, broke his yeah, orbital bone. Uh, but uh, Benitez, man, whew, another tough guy that you really got to just kill to stop. Uh, it was uh, impressive by Quarantillo. Yeah, it was. It was a very impressive win. Um, I thought the one thing that he really did well throughout the course of this fight, because he, he fought a very, very tough guy in yeah. Benitez. Yeah. The guy, the guy didn't quit after having a broken orbital bone, and I think that happened early in the second round off a punch, something like that. So, so that guy was able to fight through that, and then keep fighting. And so, what what Quarantello did, which I was super impressed by, was he used his stamina to his advantage. Yeah, like that dude has superhuman stamina, and he just was relentless with his pressure, and he kept smothering him round upon round, over and over and over again. Even at the end of the round three, where you could have just taken his foot off the gas pedal, he put it on even more so. Yeah. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. He's got a hell of a gas tank and uh, really tough strikes. Uh, Herbert Burns was supposed to be his opponent and uh, had to uh, pull out of the fight. Late replacement by Benitez, but... Uh, Benitez, uh, yeah, just showed his toughness. And, uh, yeah, as I said, he got 50K extra to, um, yeah, soothe his broken orbital bone. Um, Quarantillo uh, called out Charles Rosa. 
that should be a hell of a battle if they can put that together. Yeah, no, that would be a great fight. That would actually be a match made in heaven because those guys are, they have similar skill sets, so to speak. Yeah. So that would be that would be a very good fight. Very good fight to see. And Quarantillo says the first time that he could see, he had the laser eye surgery uh, recently. And uh, yeah, he said uh, he couldn't believe it. Uh, he was able to actually see his opponents. He said he could just see sort of blurriness uh, when he fought guys before. So look out if uh, he's been that good with no sight. Uh, imagine with some sight now, I think he's going to be even better. No, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Since now you can see. <laughs> you know, yeah, you can better than you see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, main fight on the prelims was D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez, against Preston Parsons. This was Parsons' uh, USC debut. Uh, his nickname is Pressure. Uh, he came in to uh, f to uh, replace Nabukar Nurmagomedov. Uh, late replacement, first USC fight. Uh, he was in tough with D-Rod. D-Rod throws some serious punches. Uh, got him in trouble with a really stiff jab that uh, hit him in the eyeball. Um, sort of knocked him back a little bit. Uh, and then more punches. Uh, an uppercut finally put him down. Grounded pound. It was over. Um, D-Rod is, is a really, really tough guy. and uh, it's, it's too bad that Parsons had to face him at the start, but uh you know yeah your late replacement uh i'm sure you're just gonna say sure i'm in uh you know give me a shot and he's there so uh what do you think though of d-rod there oh i thought d-rod looked great now after that win five and one in the ufc and uh like his boxing is superior yeah it is his, his boxing is superior man when he landed that left nice jab knuckle to the eye that at first I had to rewind it because I'm like, that wasn't that wasn't an eye poke, right? And it wasn't an eye poke. That was off a straight punch. Right, and yeah. then that was the beginning of the end for that dude. Because yeah. he never recovered after that. Although, when you really think about it, if you get a punch to your eyeball, I don't know how you recover from something like that. You really <laughs> yeah. You really yeah. And then, yeah. then D-Rod just put it on him. Uh, but the other thing that I was impressed by was he was patient. Mm -hmm. He was just waited for his opportunities and took them when they came. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this was a striker striker versus grappler uh, match up. Uh, Parsons had all nine of his wins by submission, so he wanted to take it to the ground, but he was unable to. Uh, amazing takedown defense by Rodriguez. Uh, he was able to stuff the takedowns, and as soon as Parsons didn't have that as as a weapon, uh, he was in trouble. Yeah. Exactly. He was in a lot of trouble because he couldn't uh, go to his best skill set, which was his grappling, because yeah. D-Rod definitely neutralized that, made him stand on his feet, made him stay in his world, so to speak. And yeah. Then took yeah, he's finished uh, 12 of 15 wins with eight KOs and four submissions. Uh, he actually has the highest strike rate in welterweight history. He uh, he actually lands a little over eight uh, shots per per minute. So uh, yeah, he's um, he's a force to be reckoned with, and uh, yeah, great to see. Uh, I I love when he beat up Mike Perry last time, and uh, yeah, nice to see him get another big win here. Uh, speaking of uh, incredible knockouts, uh, Amanda Lemos um, 
the Brazilian was able to come in and uh, just absolutely get a, a really big knockout of the um, the Mexican Monteserrat Ruiz. Uh, Ruiz is a tough girl, uh, but didn't get to show much. Uh, she walked into a, a serious uh, left hook. Uh, a, oh no, sorry, a stiff right. It, it stunned her. She sort of fell forward and then took a left hook to the jaw and was down. Uh, referee jumped in. Maybe a little soon, but um, Lemos was definitely looking like she was going to win this. Oh, yeah. Lemos looked fantastic, especially when she started out the fight with those power kicks yeah. to the body. Like, you could tell that there was definitely a uh, difference in uh, power in the strikes and the striking ability, period, uh, mm -hmm. between the two ladies. So, and then once uh, once uh, uh, Lemos caught her coming in, it was all over. Like, and her, and her counters were perfect. Yeah. Were perfect. They like, sure were. It doesn't get any better than that. And then with the power, with the counter, with her coming in at the same time, it was just only a matter of time. I thought, personally, the stoppage was good and warranted on the rest part because when he came in to save the other lady, she was coming down with a hammer fist at the same yeah. time. And there was going to be more of those to follow. <laughs> a lot. So, right. Yeah. It was a good stoppage. True, true, yeah. Uh, this actually was a historic fight. This was the 500th women's fight in UFC history. Uh, this was, um, uh, they, they mentioned it a little bit through the cast. Uh, the first fight in UFC history was February 23rd, 2013. Ronda Rousey against Liz Carmouche. Uh, Dana White said, never are we going to have women uh, fighting in the UFC. Ronda Rousey broke down that door but um kind of cool that they uh they were able to remember that and and put that out there that was the 500th fight in usc history for women yeah no it was very cool that they remembered that i'm sure dana wasn't like a part of that but i'm glad that somebody ufc brass did say yes we should honor that because like it's a big deal it's a yeah. big deal women should have always been in the sport or been afforded the the ability to fight on the biggest stage and i'm glad that dana managed to change his tune so to speak so that they were able to do that that was uh at 35 seconds it was the second fastest finish in usc strawweight history uh lemos is now on a four fight win streak and she and her manager coach uh both called out dana and uh the matchmakers to give her a fight on fight island in october uh, she wants somebody in the top five. Uh, she's um, yeah, she's on a great uh, streak, finishing nine of her of her last ten. And uh, yeah, she's um, she said, "Look out, women! Uh, I'm coming for you. I want this belt." So um, yeah, uh, I, nothing there showed that she can't do it. No, no, nothing there at all. And yes, great call out uh, by her and her team to say that. Yeah. I am now deserving of a top five uh, ranking ranked opponent, and she most certainly is, especially yeah. after that uh, after that performance. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Sergey Morozov uh, decision victory over Khalid the uh, Warrior uh, Taha. Uh, nice performance by Morozov. Uh, this was. Uh, ATT and AKA, just like it was the main event, 
these these two um, camps uh, really really uh, like fighting each other, and they have uh, some of the top guys in the division and or in the UFC. Um, uh, impressive performance by Morozov. He uh, yeah he looked great, and he was able to get a unanimous decision, thirty twenty seven on all three judges' cards. Yeah, Morozov looked really good. Um, especially when it came to his grappling between uh, versus Taha. Uh, yeah, uh, Morozov looked great with his grappling, and he took him down many times, especially in round two. Like He, he was able to take him down at the end of rounds, I noticed, yeah. quite a bit. Right. And right. that always gets you points as you yeah. go along in a fight, right? Because so, yeah. it will stand out in the judge's mind. So, yeah, it was a great win by Morozov, for sure. Yeah. He's uh, won six of his last seven. He's a former champ in M1 Global. And, uh, yeah, look out. Um, yeah, I think uh, he's going far. Uh, okay, we had a Canadian on the flyweight card here, uh, Malcolm X Gordon. Um, I didn't actually realize that he was born on Malcolm X's birthday, which is kind of amazing and cool. Uh, I always thought Malcolm, and when they came up with the, the uh, nickname X, was uh, pretty fitting for a guy named Malcolm, but uh, he was actually born on his birthday, so kind of cool. But the uh, Toronto native uh, faced a very, very tough Francisco Figueredo, whose uh, brother was the champion recently, uh, just recently lost, but um, great, uh, great win by Gordon uh, over a very, very tough opponent in Figueredo. Very good, uh, like uh, win by Gordon because he, it was it literally his UFC career was on the line. Like if he lost this, there was a great possibility that he might not have been in the UFC anymore. So you could tell in this particular fight he was fighting with uh, absolute desperation, and it showed. He was a little bit reckless, a little bit wild at, at points in time, but Figueroa didn't make him pay for it necessarily. Right. And with his relentless pressure and constant grappling attack, I believe that's what won him the fight eventually against Figueredo. Like yeah. he, because he was on him the entire time, going forward, pressuring him for all three rounds. Yeah, and he was really happy in that third round uh, when Figueredo threw a flying knee. He was able to just take take him down immediately from there, and uh, yeah, he he was able to. Uh, withstand the scrambles he was able to keep his ground control and keep on top of him most of the fight and uh, yeah it was great uh, as you say he had lost uh, his last two fights um, yeah he was uh, fighting for his life uh, keeping his UFC career going and uh, yeah good on him nice to see the Canadian get a victory so uh, okay the uh, fight that opened the night was the heavyweight battle between Rodrigo Nascimento Ferreira and Alan Badeau. Uh, Badeau looked great in the opening round, and uh, I thought uh, he was going to uh, take this fight. He looked like the better fighter, but uh, Nascimento ended up turning it around in the second and getting, um, yeah, beating him up pretty bad uh, and getting 50K for his knockout victory. Uh, nice way to start the card. It was a, a great KO. Yeah, and also, too, like, like you said, the momentum shifted suddenly for for nascimento and i was not expecting that i was mm -hmm. i was not expecting that i was expecting the fight to go a certain way where i'm like okay well it looks like this guy has it in the bag and then he did not 
have it in the bag whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why that's why you love fighting. That's why you like watching these fights because you never know where a fight's going to go and you never know who's going to win. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's why. Uh, yeah, it's uh, one of the greatest sports in the world, and uh, oh, we always want to watch because uh, yeah, you, and especially with heavyweights, uh, you know, one punch lands and it just turns the whole fight around, changes everything, and uh, yeah, good on him. He's nine and one. Uh, yeah, great uh, performance to start off the night. So yeah, that was fun. That was a great card as always, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I can't wait for next Saturday. We've got the big return of TJ Dillashaw fighting Corey Sanhagen. Uh, they are calling this kind of the the title fight uh, coming up. Uh, it looks like one of these guys, if they have a good performance, will face the title holder. And um, Dillashaw, uh, you know, has, has to um, sort of try to wipe the stain off of his career after getting caught with PEDs and being out for about 30 months now. Uh, coming back to fight a really tough guy in Sanhagen. Uh, yeah, I think my money would be on Sanhagen if I was putting money down on it. Yeah, my money would definitely be on Sanhagen, especially what he just did to Frankie Edgar. Like, I, I remember that. So, yeah, that's still fresh in my mind. And for TJ Dillashaw, again, question marks about a guy being out that long. How's he going to look? Yeah. What has he worked on? Uh, is he going to be better? Or is he going to be less of the fighter he was because now he can't cheat anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's, like, I'm curious to see what version of tj dillashaw we see in the octagon on that yeah. yeah me too yeah that'll be a great main event uh there's some uh women's women's fights on the main card we got darren the damage elkins he's always great for a bloody battle uh then there's going to be brendan allen fighting on the prelim card we've got uh, chris dachaus uh ian heinish um yeah lots of uh Lots of great battles. Um, it'll be uh, as fun as as always, man. Uh, can't wait to watch it and break it down with you next week. Yeah, it, it, we got a great night of fights, um, and it's it's going to be great. I, I look forward to seeing them, especially the main event with Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw, because all like as good as Corey Sanhagen was against Frankie Edgar, I wonder can he do a repeat of that and yeah. do that TJ Dillashaw? Now that would be something else no kidding yeah that would be yeah you're right yeah so awesome okay well that puts the ufc to bed um let's talk about the nba final we've reached the final week of the nba uh it could be over tomorrow night if milwaukee uh closes it out with four straight wins uh but if phoenix um, gets the the victory i think it pushes it to uh, friday uh yeah so we'll have uh game seven uh we can only hope uh i know you want that as much as i do but um can we see phoenix turning this around and and winning game six uh what's going to be the biggest key to help them do that we can see that we can see that but phoenix's big three will have to step up and it can't just be devin booker on an island by himself Yes, Devin Booker scored 40 points in the last game, but he's going to have to have another stellar performance. Chris Paul is going to have to help him, and so is DeAndre Ayton. Those three are going to have big games. Just like in Game 5, the big three for the Bucks, the first time I want to say in the playoffs this year, 
showed up on the same night. Yeah. Mo had a huge game. Holiday had a huge game. Giannis was just steady and had a big game like he always does. Giannis had 32 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Middleton, 29.7 rebounds, five assists. And Holiday, 27 points, four rebounds, 13 assists. All of them showed up. Yeah. That's why they won that game. That's why they won. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I, we, we always uh, look at the box score and look at offense, but I think the Bucks defense has been the thing that's really uh, shifted the momentum in their favor. Uh, when you think about the Bucks defense and the Suns defense, to me, it's not even close. It's just incredibly crazy how great uh, Milwaukee is on defense. Uh, we see, we saw one of the greatest defensive plays ever from Giannis when he uh, blocked DeAndre Ayton. And, uh, and then we saw Drew Holiday make that strip of Devin Booker, and that was the key moment because Booker's driving, has an opportunity to tie the game. Uh, when, once Holiday uh, gets it from him and throws it up to Giannis for the big slam, uh, I think we're going to see Giannis uh, blocking and doing that slam so many times over the years when they ever talk about uh, this, th this year and this uh, final. Um, but Drew Holiday, you have said it, and all of our viewers and listeners know that Jason has said that right from the start. Milwaukee got Drew Holiday. They have just suddenly become one of the best contenders. And, and you're right, as always, man, a uh, really good call. And, and he's just proved how incredible he is at defense. Yeah, he was always been the X factor. That's why they went out and got that guy. Because maybe his offense lacks certain nights. But his defensive effort will always be there. Yeah. And on top of that, you could actually say that as a series goes goes on, his defensive expertise gets better because now he'll, he knows how you play. He knows yeah. how your tendencies are. Because yeah. if you notice how Chris Paul, great in games one and two, all of a sudden, not so great in the last three games. That's no. because Holiday, to a certain extent, has figured him out. Yeah. And You're right. That, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, it. that's it right there. Let's take a look at that uh, play I'm talking about. Uh, Drew Holiday strip of Booker and then the big slam. I've got a little clip of it. Okay. Let's get it. All right. The deer just start going crazy. Look at him just take it away here. Yeah. Rips it away. See you later. Nine. Instead, made the right read. Throws it up where only Giannis can catch it. Finishes it with the contact. And bad decision to foul because this would make it a four-point game with 13.5 remaining. Thank you so much to Hoop Hits for that one. It, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. They clipped it pretty, pretty well. And, uh, yeah, just having those two guys, Giannis is incredible. He's so long. Uh, and he's so athletic. And then Holiday, uh, I saw a, I saw a compilation of Holiday's 
uh, stripping the ball, stealing the ball. Uh, it was about four minutes long, maybe three and a half, four minutes long. And it was just strip after strip after strip after strip. It's just incredible how much he's done that in his career. And uh, just, uh, yeah, what, a, what an addition to this team, uh, getting him out of New Orleans and bringing him here. And, um, yeah, they are just poised to get a championship. First time in 50 years. Uh, I'm really happy for the city of Milwaukee and the, these long, loyal fans to this organization. And, uh, yeah, guys like Middleton and Giannis stepping up, signing long-term deals to stay there. Uh, they're being rewarded for their loyalty. And, um, yeah, I, I, I would be shocked if it we're not talking about Milwaukee as the NBA champions if they don't win it uh, tomorrow night, I think they're going to win it uh, one of these next two games. I think they're going to be the champs. Well, it, it is looking that way. And plus, on top of that, you have a guy, your two-time MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo, that has had two of the most iconic moments in the finals for a series that he probably shouldn't even be playing in, yeah. considering the injury suffered the okay. series before. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so all of a sudden, they, I guess they, they they did something to him. They put it in his hyperbolic chamber. They they put some Wolverine blood into him. <laughs> Whatever it was, yeah. this guy comes back out and he's just the most amazing thing I've ever seen for a yeah. final. And I don't and I still question whether he's actually a hundred percent. Like like he can yeah. actually do this not being a hundred percent. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. So amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. It, this is the first time a team has lost a game in the finals when they've shot 55% from the field and 60% from three. <clears throat> but Milwaukee shot 58% from the field. Uh, Giannis missed a couple of really key free throws down that last few minutes. And I was like, holy cow, this Achilles heel is going to work for Phoenix and they're going to be able to pull this off. But uh, that last one where he hit off the front of the rim and it came back, it was so shockingly short that uh, none of the Phoenix players were ready for it. Milwaukee was able to get the ball and uh, close out the win. But, um, yeah, that's the only thing that can uh, really break Giannis's, Giannis down with uh, these free throws. Uh, I'd be sending him to the line all the time. I'd just be hacking him, hacking him, hacking him, hacking him. But, uh, yeah, tough guy to do it too, I guess. Well, they may incorporate that kind of strategy for this next game coming up. Yeah. Like if, if Phoenix has to, they most certainly will because like this is for all the marbles, right? So anything that they can do to their advantage to try to win this game, they're going to do. So I think you can expect them to just go after Giannis in the last five minutes of the game or whatever, put him on the line, try to make him win the game on the line. But yeah. unfortunately, though, for, for, for Phoenix, he's going to be at home. They're not going to be counting. You're going to hear dead silence. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was, you know, to be honest, I think I was cheering a little bit for Phoenix uh, in this series. I was definitely cheering for Phoenix in this past game. Uh, you know, they they had such a great start to the game. Uh, had a bad second quarter. Uh, play had to play catch up most of the game, but um, I I have definitely. Uh, turned on to Drew Holiday, and I'm hoping for Drew Holiday now to get a ring. Uh, I always loved his story of him and his two other brothers that are all, all three of them playing in the NBA. Um, if you haven't heard that story, go online and, and find out a lot of details about it. But I didn't hear much about this story about Drew Holiday. Uh, 
Drew is married. Uh, his his wife is Lauren Holiday. They met in UCLA when uh, they were both going there. She was a soccer star. Uh, she played um, on the national American na uh, team, was able to go to the World Cup and hoist the trophy there. Uh, she would play professionally as well and decided to finally um, hang up her cleats. Uh, she got pregnant and um, everything was going smoothly for about three months. Uh, she woke up one morning with a massive migraine headache and was pretty shocked at how brutal it was. Decided to go check it and it found out that she had a tumor in her brain at the base of her skull. It was non-cancerous, but it was causing a lot of symptoms, a lot of problems. Uh, they started worrying that uh, she might die and she might lose their baby. And uh, it just rocked Drew's world. Uh, just put basketball on the back burner. Uh, and they, uh, yeah, tried to, you know, keep her alive, uh, make sure she could deliver the baby. They decided to deliver the baby early, five and a half weeks early. Uh, she had to spend some time in the ICU and, uh, uh, yeah, had, you know, some health issues because being born so early, but she's a healthy baby girl now. Uh, four weeks later, uh, Lauren was able to get brain surgery, remove the tumor, and uh, it has caused a few troubles with her. She can't hear out of her right ear anymore. She has a little bit of difficulty with one of her eyes, but uh, other than that, uh, lives on and um, yeah it was a heartwarming story crazy to hear uh, what they've gone through but um, yeah I'm really pulling for him and uh, his whole family uh, it's a great story and I you know I recommend people trying to find the details online uh, amazing uh, comeback story and the things that they've had to go through heard the story and uh, it, it just like I already knew that Drew Holiday was like a, an exceptional human being, yeah. and then that just put him over the top. Was by how much more exceptional he actually is, yeah. you know. Like um, by by all by both of those people going through all of that, right? And then also too, for Drew Holiday to say, "Well, I'm taking a step away from the game because it's just not that freaking important right now." Yeah. And then I think that's something that some people seem to forget sometimes. The game is just a game, or your job is just your job. But when it comes down to your family, you got you have to. That's when your priorities really kick in, because that's what's most important. That's what's most important to anybody. Should yeah. be your family, not yeah. all the other periphery stuff. That stuff can wait. Yeah. I can wait for a long time if it needs to be. But when it comes to your family and what you need to do for them, then you do what needs to be done. And yeah. Yeah, well, I was, uh, you know, thinking the story was CP3 finally winning the championship, you know, 16 years in the league. And, and then I'm like, no, but he hasn't had to go through something like this. So uh, to me, uh, you know, the, the biggest story is uh, somebody that uh, has to persevere as much as he had to. Uh, he was able to, yeah, get into the NBA. Uh, all of a sudden, scouts started looking at his brothers. They're both in the NBA now. And then to go through this, um, you know, just to have that worry over you that you could lose not only your wife, but your, your daughter as well. Um, crazy and uh, super heartwarming story. And I'm glad that everybody's healthy and great. And um, yeah, they're about to uh, hoist a trophy. First time in 50 years. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great, great for these small 
town teams and I'm, I'm happy to see them back. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, sorry. I, I, I don't know what happened on my end, but I, I, I flipped it and I came back. Cut anyway, out for a second. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I'm good. So yeah. it is awesome though, because with, with Drew Holiday and his brothers, I, I want to, I don't know if this is a thing, but are they the first where they, three brothers in the NBA at the same time. Yeah, it might be, yeah. I think so. I think I did hear that, yeah. The only the only other brothers where it could be, they'll be the second grouping of brothers to be in the NBA is the Anacumpo, because yeah. I know that Giannis has two other brothers who could good. possibly make it into the NBA. And if they do, that's five of them, or four of them, sorry. No, no, no. Five there's three, there's three already, yeah, brothers. yeah, yeah. Three already. Yeah. So if you can you imagine that that you actually had children and they all made it to the NBA, <laughs> every single one of them. That'd be that amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a story. That's but so cool. going back to Drew Holiday, it, it's just something that you know what you just couldn't be as parents. You're just so happy that your your children have achieved their dream. All three of them. They're yeah. all they're all doing it. They're all doing well. And they're all very much financially secure and taken care of. It's yeah. Awesome. You're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, there's a couple of notes before you go. Um, the Nevada State Athletic Commission has came out and said that Conor McGregor uh, is a liar because uh, he said that they knew that he had uh, stress fractures in his leg going into this fight and uh that's one of the reasons why it broke uh they said no 100 if we would have known that we wouldn't have allowed him to fight uh so there's some problems there uh dana white said that connor came to them and said he wanted to have his feet and ankles taped because he was having some issues with arthritis in his bones uh in his ankles and uh, he's they ended up saying sure go ahead and he said i don't know why he didn't uh, that's the only thing that uh, the UFC is saying that he told him that he had some pre-existing conditions, but he's uh, going out and saying that they all knew, they all knew I had stress fractures, they all knew I was uh, putting my life on the line like this, but um, yeah, the Nevada State Athletic Commission says no, complete lie. Well, yeah, because if they, okay, let, let's think this through for a second. Let's be logically thinking people. If, if a fighter comes to you and says, yeah, you know, I'm going to do the fight, but I think I got some stress fractures in my leg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a problem. Go on in and fight. No, man, you're not fighting. No. You're not fighting. As no. soon as anybody that's in that, that's in an authoritative position to say, is he going to fight or not? He's not going to fight. If they hear anything like that, you're not fighting, man. So, yes, I definitely, I definitely hear what they say and i agree with them because why would they lie they're not going to lie about something like that because first and foremost is fighter safety that's their job that's That's what they do yeah yeah so So, yeah i i I believe them i don't believe connor here and uh there's been some talk that um connor's next opponent coming out of this will be uh tony ferguson that's uh what the rumors are uh tony coming off of three straight losses himself needs to um have a big opponent to come back with and uh yeah who knows how long it's going to take he's probably suspended for the rest of the year medically 
But, um, yeah, rumors that Tony Ferguson and Conor McGregor are the next two combatants there. Well, yeah, that, that, that makes sense, to be honest with you. They're both kind of, yeah, they, they both haven't won in a while. Yeah. So, yes, that, that does make sense. They're both still big names uh, so far. And uh, I, I, but I got to say, Conor loses to Tony. Ooh, it's not gonna look good. Trouble, eh? Yeah. No, it doesn't look good for him. But, but yeah. Anyway, that was a, a great cast. Uh, we've had a lot of um, issues tonight with freezing and uh, difficulties with keeping the, the video uh, great. We had some audio issues before, but for some reason, our video has frozen a lot tonight. I hope it's not going to be that way when it records. But uh, anyway, Jason. Uh, I yeah, I apologize for the uh, video difficulties we've had tonight. A lot of freezing and it hasn't been as smooth as usual, but uh, let's get that fixed for next time. Hope you have an amazing week. I hope you enjoy the weather and uh, yeah, keep in touch. Uh, let's talk tomorrow night while that game's going on. We will definitely do that. We will definitely talk while that game is going on. And the other thing I need to tell you is this. Enjoy your time off. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Continue to keep enjoying it because once you get back into it, it's your life now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Thanks. No problem. All right. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll remember that. I know I got to get back at it soon, but yeah, once I admit that's my life, that's it. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Okay. Cheers, bud. Enjoy your enjoy your night. Signing off then. Okay. Signing All right. Off. Take care. Bye for now. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Okay. So uh, yeah, thank you uh, so much to Jason. Um, yeah, Zoom just uh, yeah love it, but hate it at the same time. Uh, it's it's difficult to love something and hate something at the same time. Uh, love it because it gives us this platform and this ability to uh have these podcasts and these great conversations but um hate it because uh there always seems to be some issues there's other audio problems there's recording problems there's uh tonight video problems a lot of freezing i sure hope it didn't show up uh in the recording but uh, i'm sure it will uh so yeah i guess something we have to address and and deal with soon, and uh, hopefully we can have some flawless podcasts. Uh, it's <laughs> it's been a, over a year, and uh, we're trying, but um, yeah, with these technical difficulties, it does um, cause <laughs> cause a bit of difficulty. So uh, I do want to mention our partners and sponsors. I'm not going to pull up our partners page right now, but uh, Anchor FM. They call themselves the easiest place to make a podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and follow the details and you can do something like Jason and I have done here. Create a great podcast. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company. Uh, they are the industry leader in technology, value and performance. And uh, the V350 stick is a stick that you need to get in your hands. Um, Pampas and Possibilities the designers of great West Coast curated handmade things at fantastic prices and for forever living the aloe vera company they make aloe vera products for health and beauty so thank you as always to our sponsors thanks Jason uh, yeah just um, 
two things to talk about tonight the UFC and the NBA final uh, next time we talk uh, on this platform with Jason there'll be a new NBA champion are the Milwaukee Bucks and in their 50-year drought or the Phoenix Suns uh, winning for the first time in their history so uh, look forward to the game tomorrow night look forward to the UFC next Saturday and look forward to speaking to you guys um, thanks again for your support as always and I want to give a shout out to Barry Grant tonight uh, thanks for your support uh, fantastic to have you as a guest uh, we will have to talk once this NBA Finals done so hopefully uh, over the next few days we'll be able to secure uh, another opportunity to talk uh, congratulations on your hundredth podcast uh, I listened to it and was entertained as usual and uh, you always get um, great takes and great guests and and uh, yeah I look forward to speaking to you soon anyway thanks to all, everyone that puts together and helps put together this podcast and uh, love you lots um, take care of yourself have a really great week enjoy the sunshine and uh, take care bye for now